Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thank you for joining us for the Pharmacy Leadership Podcast. Our discussion for this podcast series focuses on leadership topics within pharmacy practice, including the business of pharmacy, development of leadership skills, career transitions, and more. My name is Tatiana Bujnok, and I am the PGY2 Health System Pharmacy Administration and Leadership Resident at the Memorial Hermann Health System, and I will be your host today for the Pharmacy Leadership Podcast. With me today are Drew Holmes, the Clinical Manager for Ambulatory Pharmacy Services at the University of Kansas Health System, Dan O'Neill, the Director of Pharmacy at West Virginia University Hospitals, and Molly Washer, the Clinical Programs Manager for Specialty Pharmacy at the John Hopkins Home Care Group. Thank you for joining us today, Drew, Dan, and Molly. Let's get started talking about today's topic, remote work and the impact of the pandemic. My first question today is for Drew. Which pharmacists on your team are working from home and what are their primary responsibilities? Were they working remotely prior to the pandemic or did they start working from home due to the pandemic? Thank you, Tatiana. Thank you, ASHP, for having me today. My team, 27 pharmacists across 14 clinics at the Emergency Kansas Health System, uh, none were working remotely prior to the pandemic, believe it or not. And we quickly switched to work from home model when the pandemic started, mainly just to face constraints, reduce face-to-face interaction, limit contact, all the things we've been aware of the past few months. And all those pharmacists transitioned to performing their responsibilities from home, visiting with patients, uh, managing medications, coordinating transitions of care, especially pharmacy management with initial assessments, education, reassessments, also meeting with their clinic providers, and then coordinating all aspects of medication access. And transitioning to work from home, they continue to do all these with really out any, any problems. And now in a current state, we're in a more of a hybrid model just because of the vaccinations and being able to return safely. They didn't return until that was really allowed and working some from home and some on site now. Uh, I think overall, ambulatory pharmacy for us has worked well in this model. It's really allowed pharmacists to continue performing at their highest level while also having a good balance of their work. Thank you for sharing, Drew. Dan, what about your pharmacist at your institutions? Yeah, thanks, Tatiana. We did not have pharmacists working from home at our institution, and so we initially were also reluctant to do so, similar to, to Drew. Uh, we were nervous about the perception from other departments, as well as giving up space that we had acquired over the many years. Uh, the pandemic hit the state of West Virginia relatively late in comparison to the rest of the country. However, we did start to explore remote work, really probably in the middle of March timeframe. Initially, we started by having pharmacists and teams who were not performing direct patient care work from home, including our 340B team, some of our business operations pharmacists, IT and our antimicrobial and anticoagulation stewardship pharmacists. As we saw other departments move forward with remote work, as well as medical teams starting to limit rounding numbers as cases continue to increase around us, we made the decision at that time to have some of our clinical staff work offsite. This started probably around the May timeframe. Within our department, we do operate in divisions. So for example, we have separate divisions for oncology, cardiology, medicine, critical care, pediatrics, and ambulatory care, So we decided at that time to allow our ambulatory care pharmacists to work remotely from home and keep at least two members in each of our inpatient divisions on site per day to respond to codes and to help with other patient care needs that required us to be on site. We also had all of our operational pharmacists remain on site. 
those folks who are off-site would perform order verification, do patient profile reviews, and do phone calls with their respective medical teams for check-in daily. The only exception to this was our critical care pharmacists. They did continue to work on-site and round regularly with most of the physicians because they were still continuing to work as normal with an increased demand. We also made the decision at the time that our administrative team, while not directly taking care of patients, would not work from home throughout the pandemic. As we saw cases within our state and organization stay low for most part of the pandemic, we began to bring our pharmacists back uh, that were providing patient care in late August. We continue to have our non-patient care pharmacists work off-site until the start of the year, and at this point, they're fully back on-site as we were pre-pandemic. Wow, sounds like quite a bit of changes. Molly, what about your pharmacist? Were they working remotely prior to the pandemic? We have a little bit of a mix depending on where you are within our institution. Our inpatient pharmacists, for the most part, were not working um, remotely. Uh, at the start of the pandemic, we did shift to having those that weren't doing direct patient care uh, to work remotely. For our outpatient pharmacy services, we did the same of having to shift most of our non-direct patient care roles working remotely. We have a large call center mix of pharmacists and technicians, and those have worked remotely since the beginning of the pandemic and have continued uh, throughout the whole pandemic. We were working for our call center staff prior to the pandemic of having them work from home some days. Uh, within my team of specialty pharmacists and technicians, we were working on a hybrid model with just a couple of staff that had started working remotely prior to the pandemic. So that made it a lot easier when the pandemic happened. We had the technology and some of the equipment ordered, and we knew kind of how they would work remotely. So it did make it easier for us to quickly transition at the start of the pandemic to working remotely. Thank you all for sharing and for all of your answers. So my next question is for Dan. How did you decide which of your pharmacists could work from home and which pharmacists would remain on site? You know, this was a difficult decision for us for a lot of reasons. I think we all truly feel as though our pharmacists are key pieces of the medical team. And so by saying they could work remotely during a time when patients may need us most, it really did feel against everything that we had thought previously. In addition, over the years, we had advocated constantly for our pharmacists to have offices and workspaces on units with laptops and also necessary technology that cost a fair amount of money. So while we wanted to protect our employees and our patients, we had a lot of critically ill patients admitted to our hospital and really more than we ever had had in the past. So it seemed wrong to send people home rather than bringing in more support. However, what I and our team had to come to grips with was that if one of our pharmacists or technicians went out with COVID, it would mean the majority of them would also go out due to quarantining. So instead of providing limited services for a short amount of time, we actually may end up providing zero services. So as I mentioned previously, we did allow a majority of our clinical staff to work from home in the rotation uh, while keeping some of our folks here to be able to do core responsibilities on site, such as code response. And then all of our operational staff did remain intact throughout the pandemic, just because we did have to get drug out to patients. Thank you for sharing that. So I can imagine with many uh, changes in our workforce, there was a variety of responses from our pharmacist. So Molly, how have your pharmacists reacted to working from home? I think you stated it well. The response has been a bit of a mixed bag and seems uh, to change uh, by the day. In the beginning and really throughout the pandemic during my monthly one-on-ones with my staff, I always ask them on a scale of one to 10, how are you doing working remotely? And it seems like every month I get a different answer depending on the staff. Over time, the staff have gotten more comfortable working from home, but I certainly have those extroverts on my team that miss the, the in-person interactions while they're working remotely. 
Drew, have you experienced similar feedback from your pharmacist? Yes, I would echo what Molly said. I think when we made the initial switch, there were some hesitations, some uncertainty of what this was going to look like. As time has gone on, everyone has bought in, everyone uh, understands the transition. And I think there have been a lot of positives from it just with you know, maximizing our pharmacists and clinic to visit with patients, um, the number they have, they see within a day. It also allows for good balance. You know, they cut down their commute time and their home quicker to be with their family. But you know, really the challenge with pharmacists and clinic is they went into this practice because they wanted to have face-to-face -face interactions and build relationships with patients and providers. And um, that has certainly lacked working from home. And that is the, the mainstay of the negative feedback I have received from staff. Thank you for sharing, Drew. Yeah, I can imagine a lot of the pharmacists, especially those extroverts that wanna be around their staff and their patients as well. So thinking about having our pharmacists in this unique setting changes how we interact with them. So as a manager, Dan, how have you changed your leadership and management approach with a remote workforce and how does it differ from your approach when they work on site? You know, the structure of our communication didn't change a ton when we moved to having more employees working from home. Pre-pandemic, at a minimum, each of our leaders were meeting with their direct reports one-on-one, -on -one, at least monthly, and also meeting with their teams as a whole, either monthly, weekly, or even having daily huddles. We made sure to keep the same structure moving into a virtual environment to ensure that we really did remain in touch with everyone needs. And I think it was very important, as Molly and Drew both mentioned, uh, getting feedback from the pharmacist to ensure that their needs were being met. I think the hardest part for us with having individuals working from home is maintaining that team morale as well as productivity monitoring. A lot of our pharmacists that we have on staff, and I think Drew hit the nail on the head, was that a lot of our pharmacists were trained in an academic environment and specifically came here to be close to students, residents, and their medical teams. So it provided to be a difficult uh, thing to continue to feel close to an academic environment while being so distanced. We did still precept students and residents in a remote fashion throughout the pandemic, especially in those early months through a lot of virtual top discussions, but at least for my staff, it didn't really feel the same. We did start doing virtual rounds within our pediatric intensive care unit, which was then uh, able to be replicated in other areas as well. We actually had uh, the medical teams wheel around the workstation on wheels uh, with our pharmacists on Zoom, so that way they could still be a part of the team. And we did have a large majority of our critical care pharmacists towards the end of the pandemic actually require quarantining towards the end of the pandemic. And our critical care physicians actually insisted that we set up files for them so that way they could still be a part of the team. Molly, how has your leadership and management approach changed? I think uh, starting the pandemic, obviously, I did not envision that I would be managing my team remotely for this long. But I had to learn how to be available to my team as much as possible since they couldn't just go to my office and, and talk to me whenever they needed or if they had an emergency. So I've, I've had to learn how to be available via different communication mechanisms, where it's, whether it's my phone or instant messaging and teaching my team how they can get a hold of me if they need that um, or if they can't get a hold of me, what they can do in the meantime. Uh, and also having to learn if I do need something quick from a staff that really shouldn't wait till the next one-on-one. -on -one. Now that I can't go to their desk and just pop by and start talking with them, learning to just have those quick calls with my staff. I also learned when doing that, that instead of just sending an IM to staff saying, hey, can we talk for a minute? Um, giving them some background of why I wanted to talk. I learned in the beginning if their manager just sent them a message saying, I'd like to talk, they got a little bit nervous. But in time, it's just been a really great way to connect with them casually throughout the day as, as needs come up. 
from a manager perspective as well, the other thing I've seen change is having to rely more on metrics and data to assess the productivity of my staff. I was using them before, but I feel even more tied to them now that I can't physically see my staff and see what they're doing throughout the day. I think we all struggled through those communication barriers early on in the pandemic kind of made our way through. So Drew, what about you? How have you changed your leadership and management style with remote versus your on-site staff? Well, I think just the timing of all this was really unique for me in my career when, you know, last summer I finished HSPL residency transitioned to a manager role and my entire team was already remote. So it was really unique perspective to come in and and try to network and meet people and get to know them and they're already, you know, at home. So really, I think Molly really spoke to it well with utilizing technology. Uh, Instead of sending an email or just sending a chat, utilizing a video call. I think when you can just drop in and talk with someone, they can see you face-to-face, that that goes a long way. I think it shows you're really intentional about wanting to talk with them and I really just, it's more, not so much a quick check-in, answer this question, move on. It can allow for more conversation. And I think you know, now as we've transitioned to a more hybrid model, it's you know, using that lean management system of going to the Gimba, but doing that when it's appropriate. I think before everyone was on site versus at home, you could just go at any moment, but really being just having a plan and being intentional so you can drop in, whether they're on site for a day, if they're at home, uh, that really goes a long way and helps build morale. Thank you for sharing that, Drew. So Molly, you touched on this earlier, talking about feedback from your staff um, and the ways they interact with each other and don't necessarily get to see each other as much anymore. How have you maintained teamwork and cohesiveness across your workforce that is working from home? Yeah, that is a great question, something we're continuing to work through. Prior to the pandemic, we had implemented a recognition work group that is organized and led by the employees on my team. That work group has done a great job adapting to the virtual environment. Pre-pandemic, my team loved potlucks and other in-person events to celebrate life events going on for each of our staff members, and they have shifted to doing those remotely. So we've had a number of weddings or pandemic weddings, babies, and you know people leaving or accepting a job. Uh, so they've been able to plan some really fun events that we've been able to have remotely that still allow people to remember that we have lives outside of work and we can remember the important things about everyone on our team. The other thing I've tried to do in my one-on-ones with my employees, and Drew touched on this a little bit, is encouraging team members to actually talk to one another and not just rely on IM communication. My team does love sending instant messages, um, but sometimes those can be misconstrued. And I think particularly in the beginning of the pandemic where emotions were really high, I saw an increase of team members saying, oh, this person messaged me, or I'm really frustrated with this person. And it was really because they were reading those IMs in a different connotation where if they just picked up the phone and talked to that person, usually it smooths things over. So really trying to encourage team members as much as possible to talk to each other and have that phone call instead of just relying on written communication. Thank you for sharing, Molly. Dan, how have you maintained cohesiveness within your team? Yeah, you know, as I mentioned previously, we did keep really all of our our structured meetings pretty much exactly the same from a communication standpoint, just to ensure that the individuals on site were totally up to date with any issues that were occurring off site. You know, we also, like Molly's team, use the Epic secure chat function, and we also use Skype messaging, and we also encourage people to communicate as much by phone or by video as possible. Uh, I think one of the most difficult for us most difficult things for us has really been the lack of social gatherings as a department over the past year. You know, typically our residents do a 
spring or a fall trip, and we were unable to do that this past year. We were also unable to gather for our resident celebration at the end of the residency this past year. So I think this has definitely hampered our pharmacist's ability to get to know the residents as we usually do and really hampered our ability to come together as a department over this past year. So we're looking forward, hopefully, to the end of the summer to uh, do some of those things that we did in previous years. As a resident myself, I have felt the struggles of not being able to necessarily interact with everyone and get to know them as well due to being in this remote setting. So we've talked about how we've changed our management and leadership styles as well as maintaining this team cohesiveness, but I'm curious to know, Drew, how have you maintained relationships between your pharmacy staff and other disciplines while working remotely? Yeah, Doctor, I think really what you implement with your staff should also apply to the other disciplines nurses, physicians, case management, all of those, you know, have those weekly check-ins and ask more questions about what challenges they're experiencing, what, what are the wins that the clinic is having, how the pharmacist is supporting them. And then also with your pharmacy staff, if they're having challenges, help coach them through how to maintain those relationships remotely. We're experiencing this as leaders, trying to navigate this with our staff. So help them also navigate it with who they work with, who they collaborate with in, in their area of practice. I also think, you know, involving other disciplines as you would in normal functions throughout the year, whether it be virtual interviews or um, presentations, you know, invite them, have them come, still feel that connection. I think one thing that's unique to us is starting a, a, a new service in a new clinic, involving those providers, meeting with them regularly of how we integrate this pharmacist into the clinic. We've done that all remotely. And while that's different, not ideal, it still worked really well. And we're excited about where we are to implement a new service. Dan, what about you? How have you maintained these relationships between your pharmacy staff and other disciplines? Yeah, you know, I, I truly feel like this is probably the biggest issue with working from home, especially on the acute care side. Maintaining relationships between your team and with your team and also between other departments, I think, takes a big hit whenever working remotely. I think you really miss having those conversations between disciplines outside of just structured rounds and outside of structured meetings. As I mentioned, we were lucky enough to have our physicians carry a while around units to have us remain on rounds and others would phone in and use Epic's chat. But I think we were only able to, this was only successful really because we had built those relationships uh, pre-pandemic and in person. I do think probably as acute care pharmacists would turn over, I don't know if the physicians would respond the same way to our pharmacists calling them or having a chat with them because they had not necessarily met them in person previously. So I think we can, and, and we did do the best that we could utilizing technology to ensure that we maintain a sense of normalcy with the other departments. But I think being distanced definitely hurts our ability in the acute care setting long-term. Thank you for sharing your experiences with that. So Molly, you discussed some of your staff changing to being remote, but some was starting to go remote prior to the pandemic. So what has been your biggest challenge with having staff work remotely due to the pandemic and how did you address those challenges? And then for your staff that was working remotely prior to the pandemic, are these challenges different? I think the challenges have really been the same pre-pandemic and post-pandemic. We'd only had staff trial the hybrid model for a couple of months prior to the pandemic, so most of my experiences afterwards. But I think my number one struggle that I have as a manager is balancing Assessing productivity for each of my employees while also not wanting to micromanage them. You know, they're all highly trained and qualified, so I don't need to make sure I know what they're doing every single minute of the day, but I do as a manager still need to make sure that they're being productive. For me, I've tried to shift towards using the productivity metrics that I have, and I'm pretty fortunate in the role that the call center tech 
technicians and pharmacists do that I am able to use a bunch of different databases to see what they do throughout the day. And I try to use that data to identify trends and start conversations with my staff if I think there's an area where they could have improvement and use that to start the conversation with staff, but still be open that there could be something I don't see in the data and not just discipline based on the data alone, but really use it as a conversation starter. The other big key challenge that we've had, and this is again the same pre or post pandemic, is the technology at home. For our call center technology, we do need staff to have a really strong internet connection at home. And since most people didn't take this job thinking they would be remotely, their internet at home wasn't really a factor, but we have seen a lot of challenges with staff being able to work consistently throughout the day with poor Wi-Fi connection or not being able to hardwire into their internet. I know our leadership team here is having to think through the challenges of whether or not we will supplement internet costs for people long-term since it is such a crucial part of their job. So we haven't made that decision yet, but I think ensuring that people have the, the appropriate technology they need at home to work as efficiently as they did on-site is, is still a challenge. Thank you for sharing some of those challenges with us. Drew, what are some of the challenges that you have encountered? Yeah, I think the biggest challenge really is you have a group of people that used to seeing each other face-to-face, now they're all remote. And so building those relationships and hearing about people's just day-to-day life outside of work has been a challenge. I think a lot of times as a leader, you can be laser focused on productivity and how the team is performing, but then you really have to take time and ask pointed questions, ask direct questions about you know, how's their life outside of work? Because on a video call, we're you know focused. It's it can be easy to forget about those things, but you know, asking those questions, seeing how they're doing, you know, asking them, addressing their mental health, how their state is, uh, goes a long way and helps you know keep the morale up. Yes, having those those face to face, just one personal conversations are really hard. I think in this setting. So as we are hopefully nearing the end of pandemic, I think a lot of us are wondering what does the workforce look like for us in the future? So Dan, where do you envision staff will be working after the pandemic? And what factors are you considering when deciding where staff will work after? Yeah, you know, I think for us, I think the majority of our staff will probably work on site moving forward. Uh, I actually think that it's probably a preference for a majority of our pharmacists, as we discussed earlier about training in, in an academic environment and just having that expectation coming into a position here. I do think, though, that we'll have more flexibility long term with pharmacists being able to do remote work now that we are comfortable with it and also have a majority of the bugs worked out. So I think, for example, if we had someone who had to work from home and due to an emergency, I think that we would definitely allow it at this point rather than have someone not work at all. Uh, the only team, like I said, right now that's consistently off-site is our 340B team. We have discussed doing a hybrid model for clinical services where we have some staff on-site and some staff off-site, um, but that seems to us a little bit difficult from a consistency standpoint and just ensuring appropriate coverage as turnover occurs and as we train new folks. So I do think that probably the majority of our staff will continue to work on-site moving forward. Drew, what do you see as the future of remote staff for your institution? I really feel strongly you know, the same as Dan has, has mentioned. For ambulatory care practice, I think the hybrid model has you know, positives and negatives. I think whatever we can do to best reach patients is the most important thing. And there have been a lot of our clinics that have been successful through total remote. Um, HIV clinic, psychiatry clinic, they've really been able to reach patients that were hard to reach previously to get them to come to clinic. So that's important. We should continue that. But then there are other clinics 
just function you know, better there on site. I know our VAD clinic, those patients need to be there, see a high number of providers. So I think it's really a balance. I think that pharmacists should have the option to work from home or work on site, but whatever we can do to empower them to practice at their highest ability and to meet patients where they are, I think that's most important. I don't see uh, totally transitioning away or to a remote work for ambulatory care practice. It'll be both. And Molly, you've discussed already trying to go remote with your staff prior to the pandemic. So what do you see for the future of your staff working remotely now that you've transitioned more? Yeah, so I think for our institution in general, we'd be pretty similar to um, Drew and Dan and that most of the acute care and ambulatory pharmacists will be coming back on site. They may have some more flexibility, as Dan said, as needed to work remotely. For my team specifically and the folks that work in our call center for outpatient pharmacy, we are moving towards having them permanently work remotely, or at least doing that for the majority of their role, and then having some shared spaces on site that they could come on site as needed, whether they have a student or a resident on rotation, they have training needs, or maybe they want to meet with other folks within their disease state that they interact with a lot. So there will be some shared spaces for them to be on site, but they will be primarily off site. Some other things that they would need to come on site for are some staff meetings at some type of interval and then training. Uh, we have had a few employees start during the pandemic, and I think we've learned that having them come on site and train for at least a little while in person is really important. It's hard to do all of the training remotely, even if their day-to-day -day job will be remote in the long term. So that is where we're going from right now. Obviously, things are still changing, but that's our plan. Thank you all for sharing. I really like having hybrid models or flexibility for our employees moving forward. I think that'll be important um, for the profession as we look to grow and expand. So thinking about the expansion of pharmacy, Dan, what do you think will be the impact of having more pharmacists working remotely, particularly in areas such as recruitment and the ability to expand our services? You know, I think this is going to be a huge variable moving forward for our profession. I certainly have pharmacists who absolutely loved working from home, and I have others who really miss being close to their teams. Those that preferred being on site really miss being part of a large team and having others to interact with. And since we are a large academic medical center, most of our clinical pharmacists that we hired on here came to be part of a learning environment. And so working remotely sort of impacted that from their standpoint. So I think as we create new positions, I think it does give us more flexibility long-term to decide, would this be a remote position long-term versus an on-site position long-term, and then be able to recruit appropriately for that so that way the pharmacists understand exactly what they're getting into. Uh, I do think that the pharmacists who appreciate the job because of the work that they do and maybe less because the relationships around them are the ones who remote work would seem very attractive to them. Drew, what other impacts do you see for pharmacists working remotely? I really think with this expansion, with our moving to working remotely, will allow us to reach patients in rural areas that wouldn't necessarily be able to come to the city, come on site, and just with the burden of travel. I know we've already experienced this with servicing our patients that are with the Department of Corrections. And that wasn't possible pre-pandemic, but with all the remote work and, and the virtual capability, we're able to reach them now. So I think Dan is exactly right. It will... Uh, expand practice, but also will help allow us to reach patients in unique and different ways. Thank you for sharing. I do like the idea that we can reach more patients using this remote setting. Um, and I'm excited to see the changes that an impact that remote work for pharmacists will have for pharmacy in the future. 
Well, that's all the time we have today. And I want to thank Drew Holmes, Dan O'Neill, and Molly Washer for joining us to discuss remote work during and after the pandemic. Join us here on Tuesdays, where we will be talking with ASHP members about leadership topics within pharmacy practice. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.